and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Plotcher. And, uh, well, actually, I'm not Carrie Poppy. What? I, I, must, what? I must confess. I know many of you were confused. And in particular... Ross, you're giving away our ruse. <laughs> I went to camp this year. My son and I do summer camp every year at Camp Quest West. It's an awesome program. I recommend that all of you join us there. I just gave a donation to them. Thank you so much. Oh, stop. It's because it was just your birthday on August 6th, and I gave in your name. A Raelian High holiday, and what a wonderful gift. Thank you so much. Oh, stop. So I showed up there, and the first day we're like parking our cars, getting ready for everyone to arrive. And the most adorable girl, Scarlett, the daughter of one of the other counselors, Joby, she was standing there with her arms akimbo, uh-huh. looking at me as I get out of my car, and she says, You are not Carrie Poppy. You are Ross Blotcher. <laughs> she really put me in my place. It was so cute. And the rest of camp, she kept referring to me as fake Carrie Poppy. Because her parents listened to the show and she had heard us name swap. She had overheard it. Yeah. And that was what really stuck with her. No, he didn't. That <laughs> is not his name. <laughs> I like that, you know, no one else has ever pointed this out. We've gotten away with it for years. We've been fooling people. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever actually noticed. Mm -mm. (laughs) Until Scarlet. And now the jig's up. We had fun while it lasted. Yeah, well. So, in that spirit, I am Ross Blotcher and... I'm Carrie Poppy. We are back at Contact in the Desert. We just got our VIP passes from your ghost friends. Yes, woo! And now my friends. Woo! Because you give me a VIP pass and you are my friend. You are my friend. As we mentioned in our previous episode, this conference had a combination of free lectures and paid workshops. Yes. And they were like 40 bucks a pop. And so now we had a VIP pass. So yeah. uh, essentially gets us in anywhere. Pretty sweet. I felt very important. So as we walked around these vendors, I got Drew a CD of rock and roll about chemtrails. Wow, chemtrail rock. Have you listened to it yet? No, he hasn't busted it out yet, and it's his. Oh, I want to know if it's any good. I know. Come on, Drew. Would you like it better if it was good or if it wasn't good? Wasn't good. Okay. I talked to a woman at an Area 51 booth about the stories of sightings she's heard about. She hasn't seen any herself, but she could remember with this like crystal clarity other people's stories. She'd be like, I talked to this person who she got out of her car and she saw this and it was to the left or was it to the right? Okay. And then it was 30 degrees to her right and she saw this and this is what it was like. And I was like, wow. Wow. These are very important to you. But she was selling shirts that said Area 51 security. Uh, (laughs) Gotta be careful who you wear those around. So my next goal was to go to the Stephen Greer workshop because we had our newfound VIP pass and I had been sad that I wasn't going to actually get to see or interact with Stephen Greer. Oh, you had Loosh? <laughs> Indeed. All of his appearances were paid at this conference. And you had back info on Stephen Greer. Yeah. So I'd known about him for a long time because as a member of the Independent Investigations Group, we had once had a young man approach us and he wanted to talk about disclosure and UFOs. So he was part of this disclosure project that Stephen Greer had created. So that was my first time hearing of Dr. Stephen Greer. And we went out with him and a bunch of other people from the disclosure project and went to the Santa Monica Mountains and looked for UFOs all night. It was fun. They told us they had like a 90% success rate of seeing UFOs. But for some reason they didn't when they were out with us weird 90 percent success rate of seeing something unidentified correct great 
So yeah, we saw nothing that night, but we had. <laughs> you identified everything. I mean, that night. we saw stars, and right. we were tracking certain satellites, and that was all. It great. just seems like already the bar is so low. Like we're just going to try to see something we can't identify, and mm. they couldn't even make that bar. Sure, fair <laughs> enough. And so I had made friends with this young man, and then I had started watching some Stephen Greer videos, and oh, what a pompous guy! And I already knew by reputation that a lot of other people within the ufology community do not like him. People were bad-bathing him at the Arkansas conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So he's burned a lot of bridges, I would say. And his whole thing is that he's about disclosure, getting the government to release all of its secrets about alien technology. And his pet project is called the Disclosure Project, right? Mm -hmm. And then I had seen part of his film earlier that day, Unacknowledged, which you can find on iTunes. I can acknowledge you for that, if that's (laughs) what you want. It would be funny if he didn't credit people in the film, like... (laughs) And I should say just about the film itself, it's kind of your standard UFO documentary, but very well produced. And if you're looking for a way to at least get his take on the UFO situation and the history of denial and the government and people being threatened if they share things that they saw, etc., that's a really good documentary because it lays out a lot of the basics of UFO history and it's very well made. Anyways, I had seen part of that, and then I'd gotten into his talk. I was super excited. This was called The Choice, Endless War or 500,000 Years of Universal Peace. And I was like, what's Ross going to pick? Yeah. Ooh, this sounds tough. I'll be honest. I wasn't sure going in. They both sound pretty good. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if he was like, okay, everyone who wants the peace on this side of the room and everyone wants the war on this side of the room. That would have been very interesting. I bet most people would pick the peace side. It would be like a wedding with a very unpopular bride or groom. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone to a wedding where one or the other just has way more attendees? Noticeably. I've I've definitely had weddings where people are like, you know, sit on either side and you know that... Uh, Trying to fill it out. It's like in the movie Up where everybody comes for Ellie and they're all hooting and hollering and you just have like a few people there for Carl Fredrickson. Oh no, I didn't remember that. And they're all the frozen chosen... <laughs> type people. Great movie. Okay. That's so, pretty good, but there's a lot of better Pixar movies. I mean, you can't beat the sequence where you see them grow old together. Oh, everyone loves that montage. Uh, it's amazing. It makes me cry every time. Everyone says it makes them cry. I don't get it. What's wrong with you? It's about humans. I think that's what it is. <laughs> all the other Pixar movies are so good because they're about non-humans. There's a talking dog in that movie. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But first Carrie, of all, that montage isn't about the talking dog. I don't even know what to do with they, you. That montage would be way better if it were about talking dogs. I'll give you that. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So I'm in there with Stephen Greer. I take a seat kind of on the right hand side. We're in the sanctuary, big venue. So there were still about like 100 to 150 people there, even though it was a paid event. So oh, wow. I'm looking around thinking, oh, wow, you pulled in a pretty hefty Good sum for this workshop. Bucks. And See how fast I did that? Or was that 600? No, 6,000 bucks. Impressive. Thank you. So Stephen Greer is a tall fellow, uh, as far as I can tell from looking at him, and he's built. I learned later that he's 61 years old, but you can tell he he lifts weights, but you can just see it in his stance. He's very much in love with himself. Mm -hmm. Like It just comes across Mm -hmm. immediately. He's like, I'm so great. He's just like basking in his own glory. He has glasses that he's wearing, and they kind of protrude his eyes a bit when you're looking at him. He's very thinning hair, like nearly bald, and you can tell maybe he had like a bad accent acne problem back in the day. His face mm-hmm. has like a lot of pock marking. Mm-hmm. I say this as someone who had horrible acne in high Me school. Me too. Holla. Hey. Five. 
But uh, yeah, so he's up there and he starts kind of praising himself right away. So you've all seen Unacknowledged, right? Because, I mean, we showed it here for free. So why wouldn't you have seen it? Maybe because there's other things going on. Maybe because we want to smoke a Wilcock joint. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but already it was like this. You know, of course you've seen it. Yeah. Of course you've seen it. He said, this is going to reach 100 million people. How do you know that? What is going to? Unacknowledged. Oh, okay. But he said it's number one in iTunes, which I'm suspicious of. Number one amongst what? what? Yeah. But it's beating Richard Gere's latest film that was released at the same time. Mm. We learned that. And so then he starts bashing Gaia TV. And they're they're one of the sponsors of this event. They're hiring. And he's saying, oh, man. They're probably in the room. Some of them, you've got to think. And he's saying that it's one part information, four parts disinformation. Jeez, dude. He's not out to make friends right from the very start. What a meanie. He uh, immediately starts dropping gobbledygook, too. So he's talking about scalar energy is a point outside of the wave of electromagnetism. So it can move independently of the speed of light. We've totally used this and weaponized it for years and thing like scalar energy people have told me that scalar just essentially means magnitude like it has magnitude okay see i wouldn't even know it's a useless term the way he's using it okay i couldn't even fact check that if i wanted to but that makes it either wrong or useless or pointless because all energy is scalar in Mm -hmm. some sense it's just like who are you even talking to right he's blinding with science clearly exactly That, that is the goal yeah you're not in a room of physicists so why are you trying to talk in this highfalutin language anyway yeah and he does this a lot he starts a bit with the history of aliens talks about foo fighters and again talks down to the audience like do you know what foo fighters are no it's not the band that was the <laughs> dummy dum dum that was the term they used in world war ii for unidentified phenomena these other planes that they would see uh, he also let us know that the 580th bomber squadron was in new mexico and right outside of roswell and they were the only ones with the ability to deliver a nuclear weapon I don't know if that's true, but I suspect it's not. Maybe. He said that we've also mastered anti-gravity and did that in 1954. So we have this technology. Yeah, using stolen alien technology. Oh, yeah. His two big things, I should say, are disclosure about UFOs and free energy. He believes that there's all these free energy sources that are already out there and that we just need to release them. The government's like been trying to keep them from everybody. Why? Yeah, why wouldn't the government use it for its own projects and save... Everything. Bajillions of dollars. Yeah. And I just keep wondering... And save the earth. Yeah, oh, because we're too in love with the petrochemical dollar. We're too tied into that. And that's how they uh-huh. that's how they make all their money. So we'll just charge uh-huh. people for this free energy. Well, I guess. But once they have the machine. Mm, then yeah, they I guess you just, yeah, just keep owning the machine. Like have it in yeah. big storage houses or whatever. Get your monopoly on it. But I don't see why they'd have to be expending the money and effort to extract oil to run their own projects if they have these free energy devices. So it's one of these self-defeating arguments. But I just keep wondering because he talks about all these free energy devices that he's seen, how does he charge his cell phone? Mm -hmm. How does Stephen... Because I just want to see him plug into a wall outlet and be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You've seen all these free energy devices. Sure you have. Well, does he claim that he's 
seen them but not been able to take them home. He didn't talk about it in that kind of detail in this particular talk because, yeah, I would have loved to have followed up with that. Like, where is it then? Because I'm pretty sure in the past he's made it sound like he's seen them in action. He knows how to make them. He knows oh, how to he, make like them. he's wow. seen schematics that the instructions are out there. And why hasn't that leaked? Well, yeah, just make it. Go ahead. Yeah. And like he's always talking about like independent people have come up with these ideas that could replace all of our car engines, but they've been shut yeah, down by the government. Website, buddy. Exactly. We'll yeah, yeah. What would stop everybody from immediately doing that? So, yeah. If he claims to have the blueprints, he can just release them. Yeah. So it's a bunch of nonsense. Huh. Very confusing. I just started a little list of sciencey terms that he would throw out there and I kept adding to it. So he talks about floating point energy. He talks about levitation with crystals. Mm. He talks about non-local physics. He also said that we are in the Fourth Reich, but clearly had a totally right. different meaning to that. So Hitler's scientists had a flying disc that had anti-gravity abilities, again, during the war, and they were developing that, but we beat them to nuclear technology, and that's how we won the war. Okay. He cited an anonymous source saying that there were nine crash UFOs at a single base. Great. He heard from someone who heard from someone about a thing mm-hmm. that he can't tell us what it is. But if we heard about it, we would know that this thing happened. Yeah. One of the things he told us was that if he could tell us even 1% of all he's heard, <sighs> that we would be totally and utterly convinced that it would prove everything. But he's you know, sworn to secrecy on so many things where people just don't have the courage of their convictions to come out. And that's how he leads the film. He's saying like, if people were just more brave and Mm -hmm. weren't afraid and cowed by all of these threats that they would be able to end this immediately. Disclosure would be done. Right. I'm trying to think of it in the most charitable light. Like, okay, I guess... I guess if you really were stuck in this situation where you know all these secrets... That could be true, but the more obvious explanation is either you're lying Mm -hmm. or a bunch of people lied to you, Mm -hmm. and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, those are your basic options. Uh, There was a lot of name dropping. He loves to name people, everyone from Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 to the crown prince of Liechtenstein. He would name drop and he'd talk about all these important people and how they stayed at my house. Oh, wow. That was his big connection. Oh, they stayed at my house. But yeah, some more self-reference. He was 34 when he started all this because I'm an old Mm. dude now, but I throw the weights around to help. And it's just all these constant little self-praise things like, yeah, you could could drop that out. No one's benefiting (laughs) from that but you. He did tell us this is not conspiracy theory. It's fact. Conspiracy facts. <laughs> I got to give him credit, though. He did use a lot of fun words, like he would pepper his dialogue with words like scintilla, materiel, which is a fancy way of referring to material, but but also like, you know, things that are used in the course of war. But then he used this at one point to... Yeah, I wouldn't have even known materiel was anything but someone saying material in a funny way. I remember my sister and I once watching a documentary and they kept talking about uh, in the people falling into a crevasse. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and we're like, you don't know how to say crevice. Yeah. <laughs> I had crevice. an English teacher who would always say crevasse. It's just like, and then stop we learned, saying that. Just say crevice. Like, oh, we're not impressed. It is, a, it is a real thing. Okay. But yeah, at one point he said like, oh, and it looks like something from a Bruegel's painting. He said, oh, but you probably wouldn't get that. God. Like to the audience, like, what are you, a hipster? What is this? You've never heard of this thing. It's too obscure. And at one point he told us all that we as a general population need to read more. He said, come on, just read. And it was this scolding right. assumption that none of us read. Right. 
Right. <laughs> so irritating. And not not in jest. No, not at all. Yeah. It was just, none of you are as smart as me. You need to read. <laughs> there were a lot of quotes that he was presenting about politicians, even presidents saying, oh yeah, if there were an alien force attacking us, we would all join together and unite as one. And I think that was the point they were trying to make. An outside enemy would force us all to collaborate. But for Stephen Greer, I think that was confirmation. Ah, there is an alien force. They were just doing a thought experiment. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he did say that there were no weapons of mass destruction. That was all just Correct. to keep the fire burning, to keep us all scared. And this was like the okay. big... He's right. So so this is his big theory, is that the government has all these distractions, essentially, to keep us from focusing on what's really happening. Mm -hmm. And that it was all planned out in advance. In the 50s, they knew, okay, we're going to have this Cold War for X number of years. Oh, come on. And then people are going to be afraid of a nuclear attack, but then we're going to move to terrorism, and then we're going to move to this, and then we're going to move to people afraid of aliens, and we're going to influence the media so people are thinking about these things that we want them to think about. About. And it's all executed so perfectly that they never have to go to a plan B. Just every single year, they're like, oh, good, pull out the file for 2013. Yeah. And they just pass it down to each new government official. And yeah, good, and every that president's like, got it. No problem. I see no issue with this. I'm just going to carry this out. Follow this rule book from the 50s. Cool. <laughs> I see you have references to I Love Lucy in here. No <laughs> problem. I'm sure this is still all A OK. His linchpin for all of this was a woman that he had talked to who had spoken to Werner von Braun on his deathbed and he had told her that this was the plan. These people need to stop letting so many people into their deathbeds. Seriously. It's like Richard Dawkins once told me and I think he's told other people too but one time I was interviewing him and he said yeah I'm going to have a tape recorder playing like the entire time I'm dying because I don't want all this nonsense. Yeah Christopher Hitchens also anticipated that and said uh -huh. okay all these people are going to tell stories about my deathbed confession and let me tell you while well, I am of sane and sound mind <laughs> that uh -huh. I am not converting I am going to face death with dignity and if I do say anything like that it is not me speaking it is the ravaged mind of someone who is not me mm. the dangers of a public figure yeah I've heard that Darwin recanted evolution on his deathbed Carl Sagan recanted his belief in science I don't know Ugh. on his deathbed so what annoying kind thing to do to Andrean I know yeah it's a it's a gross thing gross thing to say about anybody so yeah, that's how we know about this whole plot. Oh, here's another bit of self-congratulation. He said, I'm an emergency doctor, and I know a goddamn emergency when I see one. And then you immediately started choking. <laughs> that would have been so great. Like, <laughs> see if he can come solve that emergency. But he did get an applause for that. So enough people were on his side that, uh, yeah, he understands this. But he's totally at odds with the rest of this community that we were seeing over the weekend. What was he saying is an emergency? This whole situation with them misleading us. Ah, uh, okay. He's totally at odds with everybody. He says that everyone talking about like multiple species of aliens is totally full of nonsense. Oh, wow. Yeah, all of this Gaia stuff is nonsense. There's not a bunch of aliens wandering around and visiting us. Pretty much 98% of what we see that gets attributed to aliens and UFO phenomena is just the action of the government. The U.S. government or just? That's a good question. I would assume so, but mm. maybe it's a United Nations kind of thing. I guess that would make more sense. But it's the government perpetrating upon us this distraction that's okay. to lead us to believe in all these different aliens. Why? 
Yeah, and if so, it's very ineffective because it's just a small section of the population that's really into it, like these people. If 2% is real, so aliens are real, why are they distracting us to make us think that a real thing exists when it does in fact exist? Well, the government got their technology and now is using it to distract us. And then... From what? Maybe 2% is just actual aliens doing their alien thing. But what are they distracting us from? That's a good question. He never states that clearly. <laughs> From from them con- goodness from them controlling every aspect of our lives and keeping free energy from us. Ah, uh, okay, but it's not a very good distraction. No, I mean it's not. everyone's still worried about the government. Yeah, and it's not like the whole world is like we're only thinking about aliens. I'm not even thinking about voting right now. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not very effective. The cattle mutilations were all human, not alien. It was just okay. humans using advanced technology. Jesus Christ, you guys. Oddly making it look like coyotes. Uh, Yeah, and possums and little critters in the night. Goodness. He also was talking about MK Ultra babies. So these were a bunch of people raised in this mind control program. Uh huh. MK Ultra. Where they were led to believe all of this government nonsense and then were used to help develop these technologies. So he was talking about Dr. Fred Bell, who was the grandson of Alexander Graham Bell. And he was doing all this great science for the government, but he'd been affected by electronic mind control to help fight aliens. So, you know, about MKUltra. Not much. I mean, I don't know a ton about it either. But I mean, MKUltra was a real thing. But yeah, I don't know if that guy was involved in it or not. Okay. And he talked about a politician who was abducted out of a motorcade and then recovered his memories with Bud Hopkins. So that name made it back into this narrative. Now, Ross... I love Stephen Greer. I love hearing about him. I love talking about him. I'm glad someone does. Just as Stephen Greer does. Mm -hmm. But I also love talking about Max Fun. Oh, man, me too. They have so many great shows. I know, like this one. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. Ross, we have a Jumbotron. Jumbotron! Yay! It's not a proposal, but it's the second best thing. Okay. It is an anniversary! Yay! From James, and he tells us that he and his wife are celebrating their first wedding anniversary on the 13th of August. Pretty awesome. So James says, Stephanie, I love you more than you'll ever know. My life is so much better with you in it. I look forward to many more years of happiness together. Happy anniversary. Anniversary, guys. Yeah. I'm still mad that neither of you proposed on the show, but... We weren't doing Jumbotrons a year ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuses, excuses, excuses. We have another Jumbotron. Yeah. This one is from Baba Brittany to... Baba Chris. <laughs> now, I would just want to note, Baba Chris, Ba Has... is spelled B-A-H, but Baba Brittany is just B-A. I feel like there's a story there. Probably, but we didn't get what it was. So Brittany says, happy birthday, my Ba. 
I know you're going to get through your PhD just fine, and so I'm using Ross and Carrie to cheer you on. I'm so glad you're my fiancé, and I'm so looking forward to going off into the future with you. And then this very special fiancé asked for a limerick. These people must have been listening to the show for a while, Ross, because limericks have been out of fashion for a little bit. That's true. But here you go. There once was a couple named Ba. Their love had nary a flaw. Chris got a degree, in fact, PhD, and soon they'll be family by law. Woohoo! We did that. We wrote it. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So uh, congratulations to you, Chris, and to both of you, Boz. Yeah. And tell us when you get married. I want to know. Are we invited? We should be. We should be. I love the look on Carrie's face. Like, you would really be offended if you weren't invited. I want to go to this Baba wedding. And back to our show. And Stephen Greer, he had the craziest stories about himself. He said that he was at a hotel one night, and he saw this beam coming to abduct him. And he knew it was their military technology. And so he- Okay, exciting. So what does he do? And I'm picturing him, you know- Run. He knows a goddamn emergency when he sees oh, one. Oh, sure, so, yeah. Yeah, does he running? Does he duck up? Does he do judo? Does he do some feats of the window? Feats of strength, like it's Festivus or something? No, he transcends into the ocean of unbounded transcendence. I'm sorry. He connects with his cosmo conscious mind. I'm sorry. Because Carrie. No, I don't need a because. I need a how. You cannot. Or a what? You you cannot abduct the ocean. You can only abduct the drop. That did not help me understand. <laughs> and and he said every time he would he would start to come back into consciousness again, he would see they were still trying to abduct it. So he would just duck right back. Doesn't help me either. <laughs> and uh, so this happened multiple times and he was exhausted, but he successfully evaded them. And, and everyone around you is just nodding like, oh, yep, that all checked out. Mm-hmm. They okay, ca- and he said they kept trying for a month afterward, but I guess they just <sighs> eventually gave up. <laughs> What? Why not wait till he's like asleep asleep and his unconscious body doesn't know? Or why not just send in the SWAT team to get him? Or why not just shoot him from afar? Because they could have done that at any time. Also, what does transcending into the ocean of of transcendence mean? (laughs) Oh, that was the least problematic part of the story for me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He meditated. Oh, he meditated. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was doing. Speaking of which, you talked about the security for David Wilcock. (gasps) There was an armed security guard sitting over on the side, fiddling with his vest the whole time. But yeah, he had at least one gun on his person and a bulletproof vest. God. He looked really bored. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I worried that people were leery of me because I took a couple pictures of him. They're like, Uh, why are you you focusing uh on the security guard? He also then talked about this one month-long period that I guess they gave up on trying to abduct him. But this time they're hitting him with a ray that was making him sick to his stomach. (gasps) And so at 4.20 a.m. every night... Hang on, that number sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, why 4.20? I don't know. They would hit him with this ray, and he would then run to the bathroom, and he'd be sick and throwing up, and he said we could verify all that with his wife. Was the ray about three inches long, and did it have a glowing end on it, and did it smell like a skunk? No. No? What okay. is that? Well, I'm just thinking if it's at 4.20 a.m. Oh, okay. It's about this long, oh. a few inches, <laughs> glowing tip, smells like a skunk, runs to throw up. I guess. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe he's just got a bad reaction. 
And then he bashed everybody who says that they've had encounters with aliens where they're impregnated or probed or their eggs or sperm are taken. Because they're crazy. He said the aliens don't need to do that. If they wanted to clone you, they could just map your resonant frequency. Uh, Yeah, come on, you guys. They'll just map your resonant frequency. Or vibration <laughs> patterns or some gobbledygook like that. He threw me at one point because he starts talking about alien bodies that were found. He said that they couldn't get inside the suits or something like that. And he was talking about how the suit was created as one continuous piece. And he threw so much jargon. That is uh, an electromagnetic field that connects with a bioelectric field that enables them to materialize and dematerialize without <coughs> And the, the uniform itself is materialized on them from subatomic materials from the zero point field by setting up a, uh, a sonic tonal tonality that creates it materializes around it. So there's nothing to manufacture. It was like the most jargon per sentence oh, wow. I think I've ever heard. And we've heard a lot in our investigations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, in the Humility Files, he referred to himself as a cosmic Paul Revere. God. <laughs> he said, I know some people are going to be upset by some of the things I'm saying, but I'm not going to apologize because I'm not sorry for sharing the truth. By a cosmic Paul Revere, does he mean that he got a very basic education? <laughs> Don't think so. Hmm. He was also then bashing a lot of the rest of the community for talking about Nordics and all of this nonsense. And he said that really this is just racist. It's like kind of allowing people to talk about these idealized white, tall, big busted people. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, I'm with him on that. And his bona fides were that he once dated an African-American girlfriend. Oh, I'm not with him anymore. In 1979. <laughs> Uh, does he also have a black friend and a gay friend? Maybe. Mm-hmm. He then rightly asked, well, why do we need someone to hate all the time? Why are we trying to make out these bad aliens? He said, that's just fascist. But it seems like he's got a lot of people on his shit list. I mean, I guess it's fair if you're talking about, like I said, like whole species of aliens as bad. Then mm. I guess fair enough. Okay. So somehow the aliens aren't that involved in all of this stuff, but they do see our madness and they want to intervene in a way that will scare us into good behavior and they'll intervene if they have to. So I don't know what they're waiting for, but that was weird. That was kind of tacked on. I'm not sure how that fits with the rest of his picture. I mean, if they have to. Yeah, that feels very... Why aren't they doing more then? That feels very Old Testament God. Like, Mm. I'd rather be hands off, but if you really screw up, here I come. Right. So it seems that his vision for peace that he wants us to move towards is for us to become this advanced technological civilization, a type one civilization, if you will. I will. And he said that we had that ability a hundred years ago. We oh. could we could have done it. We had Tesla's free energy. There's Tesla again. Mm-hmm. We had the League of Nations. So we were all set. But now they have this whole plot to keep us from advancing toward that. Mm. I guess that's the real dastardly What plot. happens that kept us from realizing our true potential? It's that... They kept the free energy from us. They dissolved the League of Nations and are now keeping us fearful of all these things that aren't real. Got it. So he blamed the UFO community, saying that they are throwing kerosene on the fire with all of their stories of the bad memories of aliens, the abduction experiences. They absolutely believe it, he thinks. But 
they've been deceived. It's, so does he think that the government planted those false memories? I guess so. Huh. Yeah, I would assume like maybe all these hypnotherapists are, are government plants. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Or maybe it's just that they've bought into this cultural lie that's been put out by the government. Or maybe the or memories themselves are planted like brain implants. Yeah, I wonder what he thinks maybe is going on. That's true. They have like rays that they can use to abduct people. So maybe they can use them to plant false memories. Who knows? Or maybe all these people really have been abducted, but they've been abducted by the government. Oh, yeah. no, I bet that's the thing. No, he definitely believes that's a thing. Okay, so I bet sure. that's it. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. And he took a moment here to congratulate himself on his intelligence. He said... <laughs> I'm an emergency doctor, and that's incredibly difficult as it is. But all of this work that I'm doing with disclosure, it's like playing chess in 38 dimensions. Like, he can just say these things. And then he masturbated all over the stage. <laughs> Might as well. And uh, that was pretty much it for his talk. He had... Oh, uh, what a shame. Disclosed when he needed to. Yeah, we'd run out of time. And I'm thinking at the end of it, like... We were all covered in his ejaculate. My goodness, like, how can you have both of these communities here? Because all the people who are clapping for him here seem to be really pro-Greer. But you can't believe what he was saying. And also everything that Linda Moulton Howe... Absolutely. And David Wilcock are saying. You can't have... Both both joints. Which <laughs> which I guess maybe is good, healthy debate. Sure, but it's interesting. Like they'll snipe at each other like mm-hmm. this, but not outright come out and have a clash. And so- then you don't really have people in the Q&As really trying to square this circle either. Right. So I came out of there and I was looking for you and I I heard a couple other couples talking as they went along. And one couple was kind of identifying that like, oh, that's so weird though. But he doesn't seem to agree with a lot of what we heard earlier. I was like, whoa, people comparing ideas. (laughs) People are listening. So they went off somewhere else. And then like another couple was coming by and one of them was saying like, did you hear what he said about like everyone seeing his movie? Like, what a dick. Good for them. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, someone gets it. (laughs) I'm glad these people at least have some threshold. Right. Yeah. Dickishness. Right. Where they can actually acknowledge like, okay, this person is not a great human being. Right. So, uh, yeah, that was. And yet they still go to David Wilcock and they're like, now this makes sense. This is a reasonable young man. Man, I don't know what's going on. So that wasn't even it for Saturday. That was just it for kind of the first half of the day. Yeah. We still have some. So much more to tell, and I think we'll just have to save it for next week's show. First, we'll we'll go to lunch, and we'll get our vegan burgers. Ooh, good vegan burgers. Yeah, glad we found that. Oh, me too. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we have to stop here, but we'll talk to you again next week. We'll disclose more. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. You can find pictures of this investigation and videos, too. Video. Yes, at facebook.com forward slash onrack. N-R-A-C. Go there. Check out all the things. It's fun. Also, you can leave us positive reviews on Stitcher, on iTunes, on wherever you get your podcasts, and tell all your friends. Tell us how we're wrong about Pizzagate. Why not? Don't. Maybe. <laughs> and you can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Thank you to all of our donors. Yeah, thank you. You are the best. The best. Consider yourself high-fived. Yes, please. And in the words of Jimmy Church... And remember, I can tell it was electronic and directional, and I can tell and the, 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 the energy it had was sheer terrifying. I mean, stark radiant people. And I knew it was coming from a man named Source because I was astute enough to know about this. So what I did 
Okay. They were trying to abduct me and say, ah, you don't believe that's what happened to Pierce? Well, we're going to do it to you right down the street where you're staying. And so I was hit with this weapon system. Crystal clear, more real than sitting here today. And so what I did to stop it is that I transcended. I was a meditator and had been a meditation teacher before I was a medical doctor. And so I started doing a meditation and a prayer and I transcended into the ocean of unbounded mind so that my drop became the ocean. And they can't take the ocean. They can only take the drop. Hey, readers! All of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll we'll help you do it better. <laughs> That's cute. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.